Chapter 13, 1.48 p.m. I can't begin to explain what the rainforest is like. To explain it, you'd have to be a poet, and a scientist, and a horror writer. All I can say is how it makes you feel. You feel small, tiny, alone, hopelessly weak, afraid. You feel heat and suffocating humidity. It's like there's not enough air. Every breath is like sucking air through a straw. You're breathing steam and perfume and the stink of dying, rotting things. The jungle is all around you. It presses against you on all sides. Wet leaves in your face. Creepers that seem to reach up to trip you. Sharp-edged stalks that cut you. And then there are the twin horrors. Bugs and thirst. Mosquitoes, gnats, big flies and other flying insects I didn't even have names for followed us in swirling clouds. They descend and attack, then disappear for no reason, only to attack again later. If you stopped, even for a few seconds, you could find your foot covered with ants or centipedes or beetles or bugs that defy description. And it didn't help that we were shoeless. The heat sucked every ounce of moisture out of us. It was as bad as any desert. You'd think with all the greenery there would be water everywhere, but no. The actual ground under our feet was dry. All the water is captured in the plants. All the while, as we fought our way through the thickets of vines and ferns and bushes and gnats and flies and mosquitoes, we were followed by a serenade of cackles, groans, screams, yelps, insane animal giggles, clicking, scratching, and the occasional coughing roar as each new species comments on the idiocy of a bunch of suburban kids wandering around the rainforest. For all we knew, they were taking bets on how long the dumb humans would survive. We had pushed 200 yards deeper into the rainforest from the bugfighter when we heard an uproar behind us. Underlight! A hork voice bellowed. Underlight! They're after him! Tobias called from above. Axe has six hork on his tail! You happy now, Jake? Axeman, look out! Behind you! I bit my lip till I tasted my own blood. We have to morph and go back for him, Rachel said. Her eyes were blazing. I could have said no. I had reasons to say no. We were in an unknown place, facing lousy odds. Besides, of us all, Axe was the fastest and best able to escape but Rachel would have just gone anyway. Just two of us go, I snapped. Me and you, Rachel. Marco and Cassie, stay back. Why are we staying back? Marco asked, outraged. Because we need backup, Marco, I said tersely. I don't know if he understood this or not. Rachel did. She started to morph. I was morphing into my tiger morph as fast as I could. Rachel was already well into her grizzly bear morph. Massive shoulders and shaggy brown fur, and long, curved claws. The sound of dracon beams reached us. The jungle animals up in the trees exploded in a fury of commentary. 
I could hear something large crashing around in the brush. I couldn't see anything. In the rainforest, you're lucky if you can see five feet in any direction. I'm ready, Rachel said. Wait for me, I told her. Catch up when you can, Rachel snapped. She lumbered away, back toward the bugfighter, a huge rolling mass of heavy fur and muscle. I cursed her silently. My body was already covered with orange and black striped fur. I was on all fours. Long yellow fangs grew in my mouth. Long wicked claws grew where my fingernails had been. I felt the tiger's mind. I saw through the tiger's eyes. I felt the surge of power, the rush of the tiger's might. He was at home in a tropical forest. This was the kind of place he belonged. The tiger was lord of his own native turf. But of course, in the tiger's native jungles, there aren't hork and there's no Visser Three. I leapt forward, following the path Rachel had plowed through the bushes. I caught up to her easily. I belonged in the jungle. The grizzly did not. Rachel was breathing hard. I can't see. Can't find them. Keep hearing noises, but they keep moving. I listened with my tiger's ears. I receded just a bit within the tiger's mind and let the animal instincts guide me. The tiger knew how to follow sounds in the rainforest. Come on, Rachel, I said. I plunged forward, toward where I heard the loudest sounds crashing through the forest. But I soon realized Rachel couldn't keep up. I was really ticked off right then. At Rachel for being so impulsive. At Tobias for acting like I wanted to put Axe in danger. At the Yorks for causing all this at the jungle itself, and worst of all, at me. I'd made mistakes. Too many mistakes. Now I had to choose. Stay with Rachel, or rush ahead and try to find Axe. Help came from the sky. Left about 50 feet, Jake. Tobias called down to me. I was mad at Tobias, but not so mad I would ignore him. I charged left, slinking swiftly through the brush. Jake, look out! There's one right... Frar! The hork yelled triumphantly. He swung a bladed arm at me and sliced through the ferns and bushes like a lawnmower going through grass. His elbow blade missed me by inches. I felt the breeze from it. I knew what to do next. I fired the coiled muscles in my hind legs and I flew. In midair, I extended my paws, each as wide as a frying pan. Out came my claws. And I roared. I swear, that sound actually silenced the monkeys and birds. I hit the hork He went down, swinging fast, but too slow. hork are fast, but when it comes to close-in work, slashing and parrying and applying the teeth, the tiger is faster and nastier. He slashed. I felt pain sear my right shoulder. I slashed and heard the hork cry out. His snake head jerked fast, aiming his forehead blades at my face. I ducked and dove in, sinking my teeth into his neck. From somewhere, I heard the sound of a bear's pained roar. I heard crashing, thudding sounds. I pulled back, leaving the deadly bladed seven-foot-tall hork lying on the jungle floor, moaning in pain. I actually felt a moment of pity. The hork race has been enslaved by the Yurks. This hork warrior didn't ask to be here, 
bleeding from a dozen wounds in an alien jungle a billion miles from his home. But then, I didn't ask to be here either. I listened for sounds of axe. Nothing. I listened for Hulk Regier. Nothing. I listened for Rachel. Nothing. It was like they'd all just disappeared in the green. Green, everywhere I looked. Then, a sharp pain in my left paw. I looked at the hork but no, he hadn't moved. I realized I was falling over. Simply falling over. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw the snake slithering off. It was bright yellow. Demorph, I told myself. Demorph! But my head was swimming, and the green was closing in around me, burying me in green. A bird landed beside me. I could see that. Jake! Morph back, man! Morph back! I was trying. I was trying to remember what it was I was supposed to become. Then... Flash! I was walking home from school. Me and Marco. We were talking, wondering what Tobias wanted. Tobias's thought-speak voice was in our heads saying, Flash! Tobias's voice saying, That's it, Jake! Come on, man! Keep at it! I could see again. I could see my hands stretched out in front of me on the ground. They were half human, half tiger. Could I morph away from poison? Would morphing get it out of my system? Should have asked Axe, I berated myself. But I was already learning the answer. As I became more human, I felt the poison weaken. Come on, Jake, come on, Tobias said. There's no time. What? What is it? More hork I asked when I had a mouth again. No, it's Rachel. I felt my heart miss several beats. I climbed up, rickety from the quick change. I felt like throwing up. Maybe it was the poison. Maybe it was just too much happening at once. Where is she? I asked. Straight behind you. Maybe a hundred feet. Hurry. I'll go up and see what's happening. He flopped away leaving me alone and barefoot and vulnerable in the rainforest. I found Rachel by following the damage she had done. Three hork lay unconscious or worse. I didn't have time to worry about them. Because that's when I saw Rachel. She was out cold in Grizzly Morph. She'd been cut up badly by hork blades. She was lying there on her side, bleeding. But that's not what made me want to scream. Her fur was alive. Alive with a million ants that were already ripping away a million tiny bites from her wounded flesh. Chapter 14 2.30 p.m. Rachel! I yelled. Wake up! Jake, stop shouting! Tobias warned from above me. hork could still be all around here. I can't see through all this undergrowth. I threw myself down next to Rachel and started swatting at the ants. But instead of getting rid of them, the ants just swarmed across my hands. There had to be 10,000 ants. Rachel had fallen almost on top of their mound. I could see ants carrying away tiny pieces of bloody bare flesh. Do you know if there's any water near here? I asked Tobias. There's a stream, but it's too far away, Jake. She weighs hundreds of pounds. What are you going to do? Carry her to the water? I could see Rachel's bare chest rising and falling. She was breathing, 
Still alive. I kicked her. I kicked her hard. Wake up, I hissed. Come on, Rachel, wake up. The ants were getting at her ears now. They swarmed across her closed eyes. I wanted to scream. I wanted to cry. I don't think I've ever felt so totally helpless. Rachel was out cold. The thousands of swarming ants would make sure she never woke up. They would kill the bear before Rachel could morph out. They would eat out her eyes and crawl into her head, and there was nothing I could do. Tobias! More ants! Find more ants! Are you nuts? Do it! I yelled, not even caring if someone heard me. I need another colony of ants! Tobias clicked. I could see his fierce eyes grow wider. He flapped away, staying as low to the ground as he could. He circled tightly, and then flared to kill his speed. Here! Here! He yelled. At that moment, I heard movement in the bushes. I looked and saw two wolves. Two very out-of-place wolves. Their intelligent faces were sticking out of the brush. Cassie, Marco, that's you two, right? Looking closer, I could see they had been in a fight. There were cuts. There was blood. They began to demorph. Oh my god! Cassie moaned as she saw Rachel and realized what was happening. I didn't have time to explain. I bent down and began yanking out tufts of bloody grizzly bear fur. What are you doing? Leave her alone! Marco yelled. I yanked several handfuls of bloody fur. Then I raced toward the spot where Tobias waited. He was resting on a strong fern looking down at a swarming mound of ants. I took a small sample of the grizzly fur and laid it right beside the mouth of the ant mound. The reaction was instantaneous. Hundreds of ants swarmed across the bloody fur. I used another tuft of fur to lift a handful of ants. Then I walked a few feet toward Rachel and dropped the tuft. I repeated the process, getting closer and closer to Rachel. I was worried the ants might lose the scent, but they were keeping up with me and even racing ahead. Slowly, surely, I led the ants to Rachel. Cassie and Marco were human once more. They looked like I probably looked. Scared, horrified, vulnerable. We have to get them off her! Cassie cried when she saw me. They're inside her ears! They're in her mouth! They'll kill her! I know! I dropped my last blood-soaked tuft of fur. If this didn't work, Rachel was finished. I stepped aside and put my arm around Cassie. The new colony of ants followed the trail I'd left them. There was a moment's hesitation, almost as if the whole rampaging colony paused upon seeing the bear. But then, like the well-trained army they were, they attacked. Ten thousand new ants swarmed onto Rachel's unconscious body. They slammed into a wall of ants from the first colony. I've been an ant. I've seen how different colonies of ants get along. I hoped they would act the same way here. They did. It was like some old Civil War battle. The two armies charged at each other. Perfect, obedient automatons responding only to smell and instinct. They attacked each other. The ants swarmed back out of Rachel's ears and mouth, ready for the battle. That was good thinking, Jake, Cassie said. But sooner or later, one colony will win. We have to hope Rachel regains consciousness before then. I said. The enemy armies of ants battled ferociously. It wouldn't look like much to most people, but having been an ant, I had some idea of the awesome slaughter that was going on in the fur of the grizzly. Down there, 
Ants were being torn apart by other ants. Literally torn apart. Legs ripped out. Heads bitten off. Stinging poisons being sprayed. The battle was turning. The challenger's mound was too far away. They weren't able to call up enough reinforcements. In a few minutes, the desperate ant war would be over. But while they fought, they did not tear into Rachel's flesh. And then... <sighs> what? Oh, 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 I'm covered in ants! Rachel, Rachel, it's me, Jake! Morph out! Morph out and be ready to run! Rachel didn't have to be told twice. She started demorphing. She shrank. Pink flesh replaced fur. Massive shoulders and huge paws became smaller, human features. Oh! Rachel cried as soon as she had a human mouth. Oh! Rachel, get up, follow me! I said to her. Tobias, where's that stream? Tobias rose up and flew swiftly through the trees. I followed, crashing through the bushes, my bare feet torn, tripping. It was no more than a hundred feet. It felt like a mile. Rachel was screaming now. Rachel is the bravest person I know. But the thousands of vicious ants were beginning to attack her, now that they were done attacking each other. No one can stand that. No one can stand that. Get off me, oh no, oh they're in my... Suddenly, there was no more green. A muddy stream. I leapt for the water. Palush! I heard Rachel hit the water beside me. Palush! I swam toward her. She was still underwater. The water was too murky for me to be able to see her well. All I saw was flailing limbs. Ants were floating to the surface of the water and being carried away by the current. Then, sploosh! Rachel came up, gasping for air. Are you okay? I asked her. She looked around, confused for a moment. Then she recognized me, and she spotted Marco and Cassie on the bank of the stream. Get out of the water! Cassie screamed. I grabbed Rachel's arm and dragged her toward the bank. I pushed her ahead of me, slipping and sliding up through the muddy grass. I was just pulling my feet up out of the water when I saw the churning, frothing commotion Cassie had seen first. I yanked my feet away, inches ahead of a school of flesh-eating piranha. This is the rainforest? Rachel demanded angrily, spitting water and combing through her hair for any remaining ants. This is the rainforest everyone wants to save? Ants and piranhas and snakes and bugs the size of rats? Well, as far as I'm concerned, they can burn it down, pave it over, and put up malls and convenience stores. I was staring at the piranha. They say a school of piranha can strip a cow down to nothing but bones in a few minutes. Right then, thinking about what almost happened, shaking and panting and wanting to cry, I agreed with Rachel. Hello, Phantomorphs, and welcome back to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. And another couple of chapters down, we're right into the thick of this book. Um, it gets pretty weird in here, uh, pretty intense, so strap on in. In other news, I, I do have an announcement today. Uh, I bought a URL domain. Uh, so from now on, if you want to learn more about this show or about the other stuff I do, you can go on and head over to theapodcalypse.com. That's the A-P-O-D-C-A-L-Y-P-S-E dot com. It's like apocalypse, but we took the pock part and turned it into pod, like podcast. It's very clever. 
Uh, but yeah, I have a website now, so go check that out. That's uh, really all I gotta say, because that website really covers everything else that I do. Uh, oh, if you want to reach me about the show, though, of course, still do that at audiomorphscast at gmail.com or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. And I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>